A couple of years ago, uh, Time Magazine did a, uh, a cover and a spread on the me, me, me generation. They were talking about millennials. Now I know, at one time in the media, this is like just in the recent history, uh, the millennial generation, my generation, was like the butt of every joke, right? Like it was constantly talking about entitlement and these spoiled little kids that don't wanna work and all this stuff. But if we think about it, we could go back in history, like we can go back with every generation that's alive today, and we could kind of stereotype them if we really want. And I will just to make sure we're all on the same page. Now, I'm gonna give a little disclaimer at the beginning. Please don't take it personally. I'm painting with broad brush strokes. If this isn't you, congratulations. If it is, you're gonna laugh. So, um, the first generation, the oldest generation, the eldest generation that is still with us today is what we call the greatest generation. The greatest generation, if we wanna characterize the greatest generation, be honest, we can characterize the greatest generation as 18 and 20 year olds going off to war, right? Young men, young people going off to war, making the ultimate sacrifice, many of them, some of them coming back home, many of them coming back home, building their families at a young age, being very, very committed, right? Married for 50, 60, 70 years. It's the greatest generation. They said the foundation for much of what we hold true and good in American society today. If we fast forward a little bit from there, we get to the baby boomer generation. Now the baby boomer generation is, uh, is my parents. <laughs> I love them to death, but I made fun of them earlier today, so well. Um, it, the baby boomer generation, um, it's, a, it's a miracle that the baby boomer, boomer generation even exists. Because they had things like, they had things made of metal, electricity, fire, and that was their toys. Like legitimately, like they were, they were, it was some rough stuff. Like I remember digging in my grandmother's house one day in this closet, I'm digging around, open up one door, and all of a sudden I see these things, they're about a foot long, they weighty, and they were what we call lawn darts. You don't know what a lawn dart is? It's basically a game like horseshoes where you just lob a, a, basically a torpedo Across the, across the yard, trying to make, into, make it into this hoop. Basically, it was death on a stick, and that's what our parents played with, you know? Like, so it's a miracle that the, great, that, that the baby boomer generation even exists today. We praise God that they do, because if not, you wouldn't have the next generations, right? Um, the next generation, if we fast forward a little bit more, is Gen X, yeah. You got a lot of Gen X in here, I know. Yeah, Gen X. It's basically, you think of like the anti-establishment movement that went on in the 60s, but with an edge, right? No flower child, instead it was grunge, nirvana, right? Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> right? Little MTV, like if we have to put a caricature together to, to claim Gen X, it's MTV. Bright colors. Don't listen to your parents. Parents just don't understand, right? Fresh Prince, I know. Anyway, we're gonna move on, right? So that's Gen X. Then you get down to the millennial. And if there's a way to characterize the millennial in today's place, the, the thing that seems like everybody wants to blame the millennial for, why we're soft, why we're entitled, why we're all these things, I say this as one, so it's okay, right? Like, why we're all these things, what everybody seems to blame it on is participation trophies. 
Participation trophies, basically, you're entitled to get an award even though you didn't do anything, right? You played the game, you get the little trophy, congratulations, and you have to get recognized because we want to pet your egos, right? I'm sorry if it's a little bit too true. Um, I expect a participation certificate after today's mass because I celebrated it very well. Anyway, um, so like, if we think about it though, there's this sense of entitlement that has come from participation trophies. I don't have to work for anything, but I get rewarded. It kind of sets a low bar. Well, in today's gospel, this is exactly the kind of mentality that Jesus is speaking against. That I'm entitled to something because I did the bare minimum, a low bar, what I was supposed to do. Today, if we look at the, at the back half of the gospel, Jesus is talking about this, this landowner. And he's got a servant that's out working in the field and tending the flocks and doing all the things that servants do. And he comes in and there's this kind of idea that he's asking the crowd, he's saying, does this servant deserve to be rewarded? Does he deserve to be able to sit at his master's table and be rewarded, be exalted for doing what he was supposed to do? Like today, in the, in the last lines of today's gospel, when we read it, they say this unprofitable servant. But in reality, another way we can, we can translate that word unprofitable, a better translation, is actually this useless servant. It's a little bit stronger. This useless servant. He simply did what he was supposed to do. Now, I say all this, I'll be honest, I think we as Christians sometimes respond to our call, respond to our life as a disciple, respond to our life as a Christian, as a Catholic. Sometimes we respond in the same way. We live this low bar mentality where we're no better than this useless servant. Now, I don't, this might be expressed different ways in our life, but a lot of times what I've seen, one way in which this kind of comes out um, I've, had, I've had friends, I have you know, some friends, some family that I've had this conversation with, and it seems to kind of work the same way. Somebody is a, a, a weekly mass goer, right? We're all here today, great. Like, I go to mass every week. I got my pew. You sit in my pew. I pray through you, not for you, right? Like, I'm, like we have our, you know, I have my consistency where I go to mass every week. Now, some people that I know leave their, their Christian life in the pew and they pick it up next week. Now sometimes like in a, this person might be getting in an argument and it might go back and forth and, and another person who doesn't go to church may question them and say, hey, 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 why do you do this? Why do you gossip? Why do you say this? Why do you act like this? Why do you curse? Why do you whatever? And it's kind of a shot at the person's character. And one of the first ways that they say, who are you to say something you're not even at church on Sunday. I don't know if you've ever had that conversation. I don't know if you've ever kind of felt that way where somebody criticized you and said, whoa, 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 who are you to say anything? You're not even at church on Sunday. Sometimes we can take the, the standpoint of being proud, of, 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 of being a little bit too exalted of ourselves because we do the low bar. Going to church on Sunday, that's the low bar. That's what we're obliged to do. 
simply going to church on Sunday and nothing else, that's, that's, that's the useless servant. Like I know, I, 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 I'm not, I'll, I'll be honest, I fall into this a lot. Last year, I remember um, I, had an, I had this email exchange going back and forth with somebody, um, and at the bottom of my email, I had my signature, right? So I had my name and like my title and a few other things. Well, last year I had like three different titles and I was doing all kinds of stuff in the diocese. So every time I would send an email back, my signature, my signature would show up. And it went over and over and over again. And I remember I sent it back one time and the person I was sending it back to, she responded. And when she responded, she put her name and she put mother of six under her name. Now, when I saw it at first, I was like, I kind of chuckled a little bit, but then I started to get angry. I caught myself in my office getting upset because I'm like, whoa, 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 lady, look, look, I, those, that's not a joke. That's what I do. That's my life. That's all my stuff. That's my resume. That's why I'm busy. That's why it's hard for me to get back to you. That's why, that's why blah, blah, blah. That's my excuse. And ultimately... As I sat and kind of prayed with it, you know what? I was taking pride in the titles. I was taking pride in the role. I was taking pride in the activity. How often do we in the church, how often do we in our faith, how often do we in our families or in our business or in our work or whatever we do, how often do we take pride in the title or the externals but not pay attention to the one who calls us to the activity. How many times do we take pride in the activity, but never talk to the God who calls us to that activity? I think for all of us, it's a chance for us to kind of look into, inside. Like if I'm gonna be a disciple of the Lord, it's not about taking pride in the activity, but it's about falling in love with the God who calls me to the activity, right? When we, when we fall in love with the God who calls us to the activity, that's not living a life of the useless servant. When we fall in love with the God who calls us beyond ourselves, beyond just the bare minimum, we start to look and pray and act like a disciple. We start to go out. We don't leave our faith in church on Sunday. It becomes who we are. It becomes a part of us. So I ask a question, very simply, and I want an answer. Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Okay, that was weak. Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? Okay, so you want to be a disciple of Jesus. The church does three things. Three things. The church is part of the church's mission. And if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus, if we're not going to live as the useless servant, as just doing the obligations, if we're going to live as disciples of Jesus... Let's take those three missions of the church for ourselves. The first, worship. We worship God. Well, first step, you're here. Thank you. Like first steps, we've made it to Mass. Good. As a community, we come together and we celebrate the sacraments. We receive Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Mass. Amen. But how do you... How do I take my worship of God beyond the Mass? The challenge for this week, 
You want to be a disciple of Jesus. You want to live your life as a follower of Christ, not with a bare minimum mentality. 30 minutes. Find 30 minutes this week to pray. Find 30 minutes this week to stretch yourself and to pray before our Lord, to offer worship before our Lord. We want not a bare minimum existence, right? We don't want to live as a useless servant. 30 minutes. If you can't find 30 minutes, then we have to have a whole nother conversation because for, at some point, you gave up living a, real, a, a life of reality because life is a little bit too busy for you. 30 minutes. Second, the church evangelizes. The church was founded on evangelizing. Last week we talked about this, right? We go out, the entire church was founded by someone sharing their story and their experience of Jesus with another person. So, to, so this week, find one person in your life that you can share your experience of the faith with. Find one person in your life that you could share your experience of the faith with who you wouldn't normally talk about that with. So for example, I could go talk to my 94-year-old grandmother who I love dearly, who's homebound and can't hear a thing. Never missed a day of mass in her life until she got sick. Been rolling those beads as long as she can remember. I could talk to her about the faith. But that's easy. That's a cop-out. That's like for Lent, giving up broccoli when you don't eat broccoli. That don't make sense, right? So how are, we gonna get, how are you going to stretch yourself in evangelizing? How are you going to talk to somebody where it might be hard, might be awkward to share your faith with? Who is it in your life that you know needs to hear Jesus' message that might be in your family and your workplace who you wouldn't normally talk to about that stuff? So that's the second thing to this week. And the final thing this week, we care for the poor. As a church, we care for the poor. As a church, we give, we sacrifice of ourselves for those who are less fortunate than, than us. Now, I'm not saying that we need to like pass a hat or an extra collection or something like that, even though we will. No, I'm kidding. Um, like the, the big thing there is op, like offer some kind of sacrifice for another person. Go out your way to be sacrificial for another person. To love another person to the point that you feel it. That might be, I got an elderly grandparent or parent that needs something, and you know what? I go sit with them for a little bit longer so someone else has a break. That might be, husbands, if you don't do the laundry and you can't stand doing the laundry and your wife does the laundry, you might do the laundry this week. And every wife now stares at her husband. <laughs> Sorry, the bus is coming, and I just threw you under it. <laughs> but how can we love another person in our life to the point that we feel it, to the point that it's sacrificial? Like, we want to be, be disciples of Jesus. We want to follow the Lord beyond just a, an obligated kind of level, beyond the bare minimum. Pray this week, 30 minutes. Sacrifice for someone this week. Evangelize someone this week. Go beyond yourself and bring the faith with you out this church this week.
Because God calls us to Himself today. He feeds us with His body and blood. He gives us His Holy Spirit. And then He sends us out the last words of the Mass. If we do that, if, we, if we're compelled by love and go out, we become more than just a useless servant who's just doing what's obligated of him. May our love, may our faith send us out. May our hope speak a prophetic message to a world that needs it. May we all be more than just a useless servant.